0: Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 46. John and Wendy talk to Boscaron Ambalwanan. I'm your host, John.
1: And I'm Wendy. How's it going, John?
0: We're doing well, doing well. Wendy, how have you been?
1: I have been well, but John, I want to hear about your experience this past weekend.
0: I had a really amazing experience taking part in the DC Podfest. Wow. Uh, yeah. it was um it was really it, it was interesting from the standpoint this was my first podcast festival. Yeah. I had no idea what to expect. <laughs> there were about 200 people and it, it was it was like I told Jen Crawford who runs it and who was kind enough to invite me to speak. It it's a lot like a comic book show. It's this it's a not the yeah. same crowd but you have Podcasters of all levels, of oh. all interests, you know, people with tens of downloads and tens of thousands, if not millions, of downloads, and everything in between. I got to speak on Twitter chats, and our story, Wendy, really turned a lot of heads when I said <laughs> we're the first. We're, well, we're not the. We may not be the first. Yeah, we are certainly the only podcast that we are aware of that started as a Twitter chat. Yes. Really well received. I had some great feedback, got a lot of people that wanted to talk to me afterwards. Nice. I got to meet a couple of folks that I don't know if you know them, Wendy, but Ross Brand, who I met years ago through T Chat way back in the day, T Chat Forever, hashtag. (laughs) Uh, But I met him through T Chat and I met Brian Fanzo, also who used to do T Chat a lot and OMC Chat. But Ross and I ended up recording uh, an episode of one of his shows while I was there. And that was really amazing because they had a studio set up. Oh. We literally sat down with mics and headsets wow. and just, bam off to the races. That and is he, awesome. So yeah, it was it was really, really cool. Took my friend Rob, who's starting a show soon, and mm-hmm. he got super energized. I got really excited about some of the things I think that we <laughs> could be doing to improve and and certainly up our game. Again, it was just a, a fantastic experience all around. I'm looking forward to next year already. I oh, the best part, one of the best parts, obviously got to meet people and do my thing. There was a raffle and I won a very, very high-end microphone. <laughs> <laughs> so now I'm, I'm going to figure out how to hook that up through a, I got to get a... Well, my son's going to help me figure it out because I have to have a preamp and everything. I had multiple people come up to me after it was over like, that's one of the best mics on the market. It's... Wow. A, I'll give them a shout out. It's a Heil Sound PR40. Nice. A lot of podcasters use them. I am excited to get it hooked up. Unfortunately, I'm not using it for this show, but <laughs> soon enough, soon enough. Well, awesome. listen... Talked a lot about Podfest, and again, yeah. it was an amazing experience. I would certainly recommend to other podcasters that listen to us. Listen to us. Find your local conference and check one out if you get a chance. Find meetup groups. I found out there's actually a, a meetup group for podcasters close to me, Ooh. so I'm going to check out one of the couple of their sessions over the next few months. And nice. Anyway, can't recommend it enough. But enough about me and yes. the Podfest. I'm gonna let you make the interruption, and we will get started. That's Fantastic. awesome, John.
1: Yeah. Thanks. Um, So very excited to welcome Bhaskaran to the podcast tonight. He is an HR workforce technology consultant with 20 years of experience in India, Oman, and the United States with substantial HR functional and technical expertise. He is passionate about HR tech tools like AI, gamification, chatbots, blockchain, AR, VR, he currently is the principal consultant for Hilla Solutions, LLC, an HR technology consulting firm that offers soup-to-nuts solutions for HR technology space, such as needs assessment, system selection, implementation, etc., etc. He has an MBA from Alliance Manchester Business School, the University of Manchester, UK, Master of, Pu- of Arts in Public Administration. He is certified GPHR, SHRM SCP, SPHR, and PHRCA. Welcome so much to the show tonight, and our first question is,
2: what's in your glass? Hey, thank you, uh, Wendy and John, for inviting me. I'm excited to be here. So, what's in my glass? Uh, my glass, uh, even uh, uh, green tea, to keep me yep. awake, and uh, I'm told that <laughs> if you drink green tea, you can get smarter. I'm not smart. I'm trying to get smarter. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that's why we're having you on the show, Boscaron, because you make me sound smarter. Just be here <laughs> the green tea.
1: <laughs> I love it.
0: Boskron. you know, I know we initially connected through chats and what have you. We'll talk a little bit more about that later, but I don't really know a lot about your background other than kind of what you've done. But how exactly did you get started in a career in HR?
2: Sure. Uh, I started my career in sales after successfully in the sales for a few years and uh I, I, I had a friend and he was in HR and he was talking about uh, a lot of uh, opportunities to solve uh, complex problems and how he's uh, handling those things. And so that inspired me get into HR because uh, at people to people, John, I, I'm able to connect well. And um, so I thought uh, this is the right field for me. So I made that career transition to HR. And then from then, uh, there's no look back. Then I got a chance, opportunity to work in the Middle East. Oman it's called Sultanate of Oman then I moved to us 16 years ago
1: wow that's quite the track
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah I'm blessed in so many ways Wendy
1: yeah
2: the kind of opportunity yeah the countries I was able to work the size of companies and the kind of uh, people I mean all those things I mean I'm truly blessed.
1: Yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, so what are some of the biggest differences that you've found between working in um, in India, in Oman, and then coming to the U.S.?
2: Well, I think the India, uh, you know, the, uh, the the main difference I would always say is the cultural nuances or the cultural sensitivities. If you work in India versus Oman, India is a democratic country, but Oman is a monarchy. Um, the U.S. is a capitalist country. Again, it's a democratic country. so how you work and how you interact, how you communicate, all these things are the different things in my view. Uh, Primarily the cultural nuances, understanding how you greet somebody in Oman because uh, in uh, Arab countries, uh, culture and pride is pretty very important for them. And so that is one one thing. And then uh, look at the things of Indians like stability um, versus mobility in the U.S. The third thing I would say is the Controlling versus uh, living with harmony. I mean, uh, Americans tend to uh, control things in in terms of having a greater control and making sure that it works. Uh, People in India and MoMA in the Middle East and they live with harmony. And uh, also the family versus uh, individualism versus uh, collectivism, that is also there. That's another difference there are a lot of differences you can keep uh, keep on going. i mean we can uh, keep on adding it but this all the things that comes to my mind right away
0: pascran in your in your current role you work with a lot of different companies and you consult on a lot of different uh, topics for them do you see common challenges among your clients and what do you think the biggest challenge that those folks are going to
2: see over the next year or two i think given the uh, lowest uh, unemployment rate and uh, the the shifting economic uh, trends, like gig economy, I think that attracting the right talent or top talent is a critical need, in my view. So the, I think the next year is, uh, if you look at what the challenge is, the next year is the changing technology, right? The AI, the automation, the chatbots, um, the combination of factors, John. It's not just one. Uh, the improving economy, the talent shortage, the gig economy, and the and the implosion of tools. All these things offers collective challenges cumulatively.
0: And are most of your clients in the in a similar space industry-wise, or do you tend to work with a lot of different
2: organizations? No, I work with the different uh, – uh, I'm, I'm industry agnostic. I mean, like HR, uh, I'm not as tuned to specific industries. In the beginning, I said I'm plus two – work in different industries, not one particular industry. I've worked in healthcare. I've worked in entertainment. I've worked in different sectors. And so I'm not focusing or on any specific industries. I work with cross industries. Do you have a favorite one to work with? I don't have any favorite one, but the business services I prefer. Um, I, I like most because that's where my most of my experiences comes from. I
0: was hoping you were going to say entertainment. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I like it. I mean, I worked briefly. I mean, I worked in healthcare also, but uh, I think the business services is pretty cool.
1: Let's talk a little bit about blockchain and and what excites you about that. But I think you're also going to have to define it um, for our listeners and talk a little bit about how you can get uh, customers on board with the changes.
2: Lots of questions there. (laughs) Yeah, it is. So the blockchain, uh, I think uh, any technology is definitely exciting. There are a lot of uh, technology tools that are pretty exciting in the HR space, you know, artificial intelligence, the chatbots or gamification. But uh, the blockchain is uh, special because blockchain is a distributed ledger. uh, and, and then uh, it is different to a centralized ledger so what i mean by this it it's a distributed ledger and uh, it has some characteristics uh, uh that are immutable which means it cannot be altered you can add a new record but you cannot alter it so uh it, to put it simple terms uh the the blockchain uh, it's a peer-to-peer network of ledgers that encrypts and stores blocks of data and uh with the digital history, and it can be viewed and verified by all the users. So every time a new data is added, it extends the ledger's uh, chain of blocks. So uh, that's what that's what it makes it special. For example, I'll, to put a simple example, let's take you have an account in Bank of America, a checking account. Every time you make the transaction, you're taking money or transferring money, um, they're adding it. the data, but the ledger is maintained by the bank, right? What happens is if somebody is hacking. Uh, um, that database, the bank can always do, do a backup and do it. But uh, in a decentralized ledger, all of them have the database. It is like distributing the data, database to all of them. So uh, you can see all the things happening in, in the ledger, right? I mean, well, the, the biggest thing is you cannot manipulate it. You cannot change it. You can modify it. You can, you, you, you can add a new record to it. You cannot modify the old ones. Even the new ones, you need to have a special cryptographic code, only then you'll be able to do it. So that gives uh, security, that gives more visibility. Am I making sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's fa- it's fascinating. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to take it all in.
2: <laughs> yeah, it, it is a new technology in the HR space because, yeah. I mean, if you look at uh, it, this is not uh, new in uh, since 2000, the last 10 years, I would say, it was, I think it came in 2008. It's uh, very prevalent in other areas, but in HR space, uh, it's getting a lot of traction now, particularly in um, Mm -hmm. in the international payroll and uh, in recruiting. Uh, There are areas of where you can apply blockchain within the HR space. I think, in my view, it's three or four space uh, that comes to my mind: is recruiting, the credential verification, international payroll, those kinds of things.
1: Yeah, I can I can see how it would be very helpful with uh, with international payrolls, and probably even across the state, different states' payrolls, because that can sometimes be tricky with all the different laws. And then once you get to international, you've got different types of currency. So...
2: Yeah, especially the international uh, payroll, um, because... uh... If you are uh, hiring somebody there, but if you do, you don't have a payroll to run. I mean, uh, they can. Uh, mm-hmm. There is a company called BitWage. They they have a solution to this, and so they facilitate the cross-border payment. I mean, uh, it, you know, in real time. So they pay it in the local currency, and then they, they manage the payment with the bitcoins. So this is more helpful uh, if you are operating internationally, but you don't have a Payroll system, there or payroll team or payroll vendor, because that's pretty expensive. This is least expensive yeah. as well. So,
0: cool. So, having said all that, Boskron, how do you get people on board with these? Because you know, you're talking about major change for a lot of folks. It sounds, you know, it just as we as we listen to you, how do you get folks on board with that? Knowing that it is a, a change in Change is all process and job and everything. So. Yeah,
2: change is always difficult, John. We all know that, right? I mean, so I think um, sure. the focus is more on selling the benefits rather than selling the features. I think uh, that comes handy, first of all, selling the benefits of how it benefits them and uh, how better the system can make it efficiency, you know, improve efficiency and productivity. For example, the international payroll. I mean, I work for companies where they have smaller operation. They may not have a large population enough to have a payroll, but they have 10, 15 employees. Uh, so around the world in each of those countries. And so having this, uh, it helps them to pay them on time and recruit the right talent. And, uh, um, so it, it simplifies uh, the time and then, so, you know, it uh, saves the cost. And so th- there are significant benefit, tangible benefits. You can see it and tell them so i think that that's one way of doing it second i, I think again uh th- th- this all depends on the leadership buy-in making sure that they understand this because it's cost uh, intensive at the same time although there are benefits it's also cost in- intensive so you need leadership buy-in as well
1: sure just like any any change any uh Maybe you want to
2: implement like that. Any technology adoption, right? I mean, if you look at 20 years ago, the HR system were not very popular. I mean, very big companies were operating 25, 30 years ago. I would say now even small companies now, they focus on having a system of record, whether it is HR, payroll, and those things. And so it takes time, I mean, to embrace and adapt and assimilate in the systems.
1: Definitely. Well, Bhaskaran, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, the half hour question connection. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So, do you remember how you first connected with us?
2: Sure. Um, I am, I follow Steve Brown. Um, uh, I think a lot of, I think a lot of people follow <laughs> Steve Brown. Steve Brown is a rock star of HR. So, um, in one of the tweets, he mentioned about, uh, join HR social hour today. And then uh, that's when I, uh, jumped on it. And then uh, I think I put put it, I mean, I think tweeted to you and you responded back when they saying that we are meeting at this time and they gave the link. I think it's about a year ago, roughly. And uh, actually this conversation happened on Sunday, I think uh, 11 months or one year ago. That's how I got. (laughs) Then I participated in a couple of uh, chats that's how we, then John came and we connected and uh, John thanked uh, after the chat. That was uh, something different. I didn't see in any chats. So that was very different. Um, even on LinkedIn, then we got connected on LinkedIn and we went uh, from there.
0: I'm glad that you acknowledge that, Bhaskar. I remember that because we certainly pride ourselves on, I guess, taking another step as far as making it a little more personal yeah. with our okay. chat. And, the, you know, and I, I think that's one of the things we really are proud of is that we do we make it uh, a friendly thing, you know, <laughs> not just a learning, but really engaged. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, glad you, I'm glad you remember that. Yeah, It, <laughs> so makes, that really it makes
2: a difference, John. I think one of the few things, that's why you're in the top 50. I mean, it makes a difference. Right? You're making it more personable. People remember it. And I remember that. That was very unique. And I started following in other chats as well, just so you know. I, I, I stole your idea. Right. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
0: no, listen, no, no stealing. It's not, It's not a problem. But l- let's talk a little bit about networking and how's that helped you in your career and what's been really effective for you when it comes to networking?
2: Well, network, I mean, uh, the power of network is uh, uh, unbelievable, uh, John. I mean, in, throughout my career, I mean, as I mentioned to you earlier, I am able to connect uh, one one on one, one to one, and um, I'm not good at networking earlier, but I understood the power and value of network in uh, when it was laid off in 2000 eight or nine. Since then, um, I've been um, you know, uh, very active on network uh, online and offline. Um, I think uh, it is pretty significant. I mean, networking is not only about giving leads or referrals or job connections. There are a lot of things you can do with networking, learning new things, for example. There are a lot of things. For example, uh, in the networking online, when you come to Twitter chat, I mean, uh, we do a lot of chats. I mean, so you you get connected to people and we share information, share knowledge. uh, When you share, you also learn something new when you're participating in the chats. So networking is is pretty powerful in my view um, because it's not only who you know, what you know, but it's also how you leverage it.
1: Oh, exactly. Um, In addition to uh, Steve Brown, who else do you follow for HR Insights?
2: I follow a lot of people, Wendy. Um, um, <laughs> Jason, our book, uh, Josh Burson. Um, then you have Jennifer McClure, Megan Bito. The ton of people in HR. I mean, uh, the, the, they have the gift of giving and there's so much to learn and uh, share from. And I follow uh, many more people like you guys. I mean, Wendy and you and uh, John. And uh, I, I follow closely the Next Chat and the Work Trends, the Chats. Chatwise, um, George Burson is uh, certainly is my favorite, and Jason our book because I'm more on the technology space, so I like uh, I follow them, what they do, and the Steve Brown obviously is a rock star.
0: How do you enjoy giving back to the HR community, Boscaron?
2: Well, uh, to me, John, I mean, it's always about uh, it's not it's always about giving back. I mean, um, I'm, I'm 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 so blessed. In so many different ways, and so H R S. Whatever I think, I've accomplished a lot in today. It's because of the profession I do in different ways. John, one is uh, uh, volunteering in the uh, professional associations. For example, in Pyra. I've been volunteering for ten years, um, and then I um, also volunteer at, at Cal State uh, Long Beach. University and the HR Advisory Board. There is an association called Taproot Foundation. Um, it's a nonprofit primarily based in San Francisco and very popular in the LA area. What they do is they go to nonprofits. Um, they identify them because nonprofits don't have the resources to have their full HR team. So the, I I, know I recruit four or five HR professionals. We go and do them the HR capacity building performance review, building them the strategic things for free, in the free time. So I've been doing this for the last five, six years. There are so many ways you can give back. Participate in the chat, share your thoughts, and learn the new things. There are different ways. These are all the things, these are all the ways I do.
1: That's very cool. Yeah. So, Bhaskaran, what is your favorite movie?
2: Um, Dunkirk and Inception. I'm a big fan of Christopher Nolan. Uh, I like his movies. I like those two movies very well, my favorite He's movies. He's
1: a so. good movie maker, yeah.
2: Absolutely. I mean, he is a brilliant movie maker. I mean, there are a lot of brilliant movie makers, but uh, I find, find him to be really, really smart.
0: How about your favorite musician or band?
2: Well, uh, I grew up in India, John. So my favorite uh, music is um, A.R. Rahman. musician. He's an Academy Award winning. Uh, is a hugely, huge, uh, hugely famous music director in India. Here i like uh, country music i like keith urban
1: I love it uh, How about a favorite tv show
2: I love watching uh, uh, American Ninja Warrior and The Voice the two programs i am um, very favorite show and then i like watching uh, basketball particularly in the playoff time only during the playoff time
1: makes it more fun
0: The as i look at as i look at you know we always have to try to find connection i have to say when I saw Dunkirk, I was absolutely just stunned by the music. You know, and I was a music major, I was, you know, very passionate about sure. music. And the score to that, the score to that film was one of the most powerful things I've ever heard. The whole sense of dread, yes. you know, throughout that film. And then that triumphant scene with all the civilian boats, I almost wept. Right. I have no, I have no shame in saying that. It was so powerful. And that music just, oh, was so amazing. Yeah, it was just, just beautiful. Absolutely yeah, the, beautiful. the
2: storytelling, the music, the choreography, the you know, the stunt sequence and how they narrated. I mean, all the things, I mean, uh, makes a good movie, right? I mean, so I, I agree with you. I mean, that's a fantastic movie, um, John. Well, now, if
0: you're not watching the Nolan films, if you're not listening to Keith Urban, if you're not watching American Ninja Warrior, which we used to watch a lot, too, in this house when we had cable, what else do you like to do outside of
2: work? I, I am learning violin, so I, I, I try to play violin. I, I like the instrumental music a lot, and uh, I do a lot of long walk, uh, and I do transcendental meditation every day, This, this and, and read a lot of books. I, I love reading, John. I think that makes you better all the time, reading books.
1: Reading and the violin, that's a uh, good, good choice, Medi-
2: <laughs> And meditation to keep you sane.
1: Yes. <laughs> Bhaskaran, if you weren't in the HR profession, what do you think you'd be doing professionally?
2: Professionally, I'm always fascinated by this uh, alternate energy, um, particularly in the look at uh, the alternate energy sector. So so I'll be doing something in the alternate energy space.
0: We're glad you're not, Bhaskaran, because more than likely, (laughs) if you were, we wouldn't have the chance to talk to you. And I I, you know, I have to say, I was so glad that we connected, and it's hard to believe it's been almost a year now. But yeah. I can remember when you first first kind of saw you in the chats, and I, I'm glad that you took part, and I'm really glad we were able to talk tonight. You survived the question connection; you survived our conversation at large. <laughs> I, I know you said this was your first podcast, so I want to congratulate you on that. Yes for for our listeners that don't know you, uh, I think especially when you talked about some of the things you talked about, especially blockchain and want to learn more. How do those folks find you online? What's the best way to reach you out there?
2: And I'm on that Twitter, uh, um, Twitter, LinkedIn. I'm, I'm working on my website right now. I don't have it ready. Um, I should be ready in a couple of weeks, a couple of days or a couple of weeks maximum. Um, but I'm on Twitter, LinkedIn. I can send you those links.
0: We'll put those in the show notes. And then, Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for our listeners to find you?
1: Best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And you'll always, you will find me on Twitter, but definitely the fourth Sunday of each month at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of the HR Social Hour monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John?
0: Easiest way to find me is if you go to hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. You'll find links to all my social networks there. And then while you're there, download an episode. Maybe it's the one before Boscaron's, or maybe an older episode. Take a listen to one you haven't heard before. Rate, review, give us a thumbs up, help us spread the word. We'd really appreciate it. So, Boscaron, thanks again for being with us tonight. And So, for the HR Social Hour Half Hour podcast, I'm John.
1: And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect.
0: Give back. And network. network. Take care, everyone.
1: We'll see you soon.